This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future of the Business World, the podcast featuring teen entrepreneurs and innovators from across the globe. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. It's our job at Wharton Global Youth to introduce business and finance education to high school students in ways that spark curiosity and competitiveness and help prepare the next generation of business leaders. Today's guests have already started their business leadership journey with us, participating last summer in our Wharton Pre-Baccalaureate program that lets high school students take online Wharton courses to earn college credits. That's where the two of them met, and the rest is a story of entrepreneurship that is best told by them. Gabriella Seren and Henry Eisenhardt, thank you for joining us on Future of the Business World. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to both of you. You're actually on different coasts, and we'll learn about that in a minute. Let's start at the beginning of your business partnership. The two of you met online, as I said last summer, during our Wharton Pre-Bac program. Can you take us back to that moment in time? What class were you taking? What were you studying? And how did you decide to team up as entrepreneurs? Henry? Yeah, so it was the middle of last summer and I started my courses at Wharton. I was in a finance program and then I was also in a business analytics course. Over the process of these classes, I was, of course, looking through the Zoom screen and seeing like the different people I was with, all these different smart youth. And over the course of uh, these classes, I realized that there's this one girl who turned out to be Gabby, who was in uh, both the finance class and the business analytics class. And then one day during this review session outside of class, which I like to call recitation, it was like insanely difficult. And I had like really no idea what was going on. So I decided to Zoom message Gabby. And then she came back right away with like a really precise and just like intuitive answer. And I was like, oh gosh, like I feel like I like I definitely need to do something in the future with her. Like this is this could just be like a sort of great friendship and sort of partnership that can uh, begin. And then as we neared the end of our courses, uh, I did end up reaching out to her again. And I was like, hey, like, do you want to like start something that we haven't seen before? And then uh, the rest is sort of history, so to speak. What a great story. So now I want to learn a little bit about what you've been doing since then. Your nonprofit business was inspired at least in part by the course content, in this case, business analytics. So what is Optimus Company and how did what you were learning and what you were observing in the COVID economy fuel your idea? Gabriella, you want to take that one? Yeah. So as Henry explained, we were both taking this financial um, and global economies course. And in that course, we learned about the economic theory, which is kind of the basics, but we were actually learning about it in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we were relating a lot of the ideas we learned in class to what was happening in the real world. And in the other course, the optimization or business analytics course, we learned about like how businesses like genuinely make their decisions in the very, very microeconomic scale. So when Henry reached out to me with the idea of wanting to take what we were learning in class to another level, we decided to try to combine the two courses. So how can we help the economies at large, but really having an impact on the smaller businesses or businesses themselves, but in general, then have like this domino effect on the economy. So what Optimus Co. is, is that we optimize 
or make more efficient or more productive the operations of companies. And that's really the part of companies that we focus on. And Henry, you can help explain what the optimized business plans exactly yeah. are. So basically what we create for these companies are what we call optimized business plans. You can think of it as sort of like uh, the smoothing out of a business's processes. You take their inputs, you could take the hours employees work, you can take really any facet of a business and you smooth it out. You make like the numerical sort of best fit of what like the most profit maximizing cost minimizing option is for the company. We really just sort of help to reduce their expenses and help them just smoothen out their entire processes. Like these little differences really do make an impact. So it's just like a really crazy process. So I want to know if you've seen that impact in action. Can you give me an example of a small business that you've worked with? Yeah. So one really sort of interesting business we've worked with is called Lake Oswego Ice Cream. It's right by me, this little ice cream shop, very stereotypical, small mom and pop shop, doesn't even have a website to my knowledge. And they have uh, only a publicized uh, phone number, no real email. So based on like, usually we focus really deep on like the technology aspect, like emailing, doing all of that. But for this one, we, I had to call and go in, in person. Uh, I talked to the business owner, I talked to the manager and I got a list of the expenses, which they uh, needed help with. So then I hopped right on a call with Gabby and then we uh, got to work and created the optimized business plans for their orders and for their storage and where to allocate their different ingredients. And then they were able to implement our plan into their sort of business strategy and could save on the like sort of input front, which would be like their ingredients, all of that. And then on the storage and trying not to create like for their like specific scenario, like excess ice cream that would go to waste, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Well, that's so cool for both of you to kind of have this next layer of learning as you take what you discovered about business analytics and you actually got to apply it to actual businesses. Have there been any big surprises or unexpected results as you put these ideas from your class into practice? Yeah, so one thing we first really struggled with was marketing ourselves because, you know, we're two high schoolers, we're not even in college, and we kind of just came up with this via Zoom. So how on earth are we going to market ourselves to companies around the country and convince them that we are real people and that we can actually make a difference? So what we did is we went on the Google Maps and we looked up little companies like cafes and bookshops. And one company that I reached out to, which is called Talking Leaves Books in Elmwood Village in Buffalo, um, I asked them if they were interested in, in our consulting services because they posted on their website that they're in need of financial help or they're kind of struggling. Um, and I asked them in an email if they need support or anything or advice. And they told us that they're kind of a, a bit uncomfortable, maybe, with the idea of having two high schoolers just help them. So I explained to them that we are warden educated or took two courses there. So we actually do know what, some of what we're doing. Um, and they there was a bit of a stigma around the name um, of Wharton because it is quite a well-known institution um, in the business world. So we had to explain that we are quite, we are grounded people and that we know what we're doing and we are a small business ourselves. So we can relate to how the business is doing. 
Yeah. So I want to stick on that moment of stigma that you talked about with Wharton. So is what you're saying basically that they were a bit intimidated by the grandeur of Wharton as one of the best business schools in the world? And they felt like maybe that these concepts and and these practices were more to be applied to bigger companies? Yeah. So during the pandemic, there's been so much competition among companies and bigger ones like Amazon and social media companies, they've all been flourishing because of e-commerce and the resources they have, but the smaller companies really have struggled. So they are, this hyper-competitive environment has really been like intimidating to them. So I'm sure that they were a little bit unsure of what to do and how to stay on the safe side of things when I asked this. Absolutely. So I've heard about, you are in Buffalo, New York, right, Gabriella? Yes. Okay. And then you are in Lake Oswego. So where are you exactly located? Yeah, I'm on the west I'm right outside of Portland, Oregon, Lake Oswego. So it's just like 15, like just right outside the greater Portland metro area, you can think of it. Okay. So how has this coast to coast business partnership panned out? I mean, you guys met online. And so obviously my next question is, have you ever met in person? But also tell us a little bit about how you've been able to kind of maintain this business relationship and how you have divided your responsibilities. Yeah. So we actually haven't met in person, but sort of the real strategy to keeping everything flowing is a, like an organized plan, which is kind of ironic given that what we do is basically optimize and organize. We try to stay on like a tri-weekly meeting schedule. So we meet on Mondays and we meet on Thursdays and we meet on Sundays. And we do this for about an hour to two hours each, depending on what we need to get done. And then in these meetings, we divvy up our work. Like, so I could be like, Gabby, hey, could you work on the intro slide to this presentation for whatever company we're working on here or hey could henry could you go uh plug these numbers into solver or create the sensitivity report for this so we really tried to divide and conquer and really over communicate and stay organized and really given that cross-continental cross-world online meetings and businesses are the future or i feel like really the future of like the business world like getting a head start in the game is sort of like only can only really be a positive at this point gabby do you have anything to add to that how has it been coast to coast yeah it's definitely been i think it's funny because we never have met in person i really hope that we do one day um but you know zooming has become such a norm today um through like working at home and everything so it's kind of become not that hard um but definitely i think being in contact has been really important because if you're not meeting someone in person you have to be checking your email and everything like that but yeah it's worked out really well in my opinion and it sounds like in henry's opinion too so I started to hear you talk a little bit about this before. I'm wondering if you have a new appreciation for how small businesses contribute to our national economy. Um, you know, what do you want people to know about the mom and pop shop business sector, which sometimes gets eclipsed by all of these large companies and news of how they're changing? What have you seen and what have you grown to appreciate about small business? Yeah, so businesses that are so small are really a primary source of employment, especially in communities. Um, and when they're when they're in when they're struggling, it means that there's a but little bit less motivation in a, in a community. And they're also if people don't have jobs, that has a really big impact in the in the end on the economy at large. So 
one, employment is really important. And then two, innovation. So, you know, Apple began like in a garage that was really small, like company at first. And now it's like in Silicon Valley, a huge company. So if we can support these small companies that, you know, have so much potential and allow them to grow, then maybe they can go on to the big world stage one day. Yeah. And I feel like we're both very fortunate in the fact that we live in communities that are so supportive of these small businesses. Like I know like in Portland and in Oregon and in New York, like people are really, they really understand the drive and the energy it takes to be a small business owner and are really willing to lay down time and sort of money to help these people. And we know it's not always the case everywhere across the country. So we're just like fortunate to have so far been able to work in these areas that are just really supportive of our mission and of the people we work with and their mission. And you're in fact a nonprofit, correct? Yeah, yeah. So all the money that we earn from our, like, so we, we do charge for our services. All the money we do earn goes to what we call our OFIM scholarship, which is Optimist for Economic Minds, which at the end of next school year, so we have time to build it up, goes to either a junior or senior for a college scholarship. And we're hoping to get up to $25,000 for that. That's fascinating, you guys. What a great idea. Tell me what's next for Optimus and for the two of you. I want to know a little bit about where you're headed as well. Yeah. So, so far we have been working in Oregon and New York, but we're really hoping to expand into America at large. So like smaller communities, maybe in the South or somewhere we haven't like really thought of. Um, It's so easy now to reach out to places um, online because everyone's like on Zoom and email. So I think just expanding and helping other places is like at the top of our list. Yeah. And then specifically for optimists, like I feel like we would really enjoy the opportunity to reach out to other kids like us who sort of have gone through the optimization, possibly like as well the pre-back courses like OIDD and give them the opportunity to work in these real life scenarios and creating optimized business plans and doing business analytics for companies. Cause when we started this, like I had no like clue of how I could apply this in the real world. And I definitely like, I had never heard of another student startup that does optimization for local businesses or just does optimization in general. So it would be a great opportunity. And then of course, on the personal side, I'm a junior, so I still have stuff I want to do during the summer, other courses and all that. And then like a possibly, then I'll be applying to college and hopefully getting into work in myself. So that's just a goal for me, Gabby. Yeah, so I'm a senior. I'm in the college process myself. Um, it's really like busy and kind of stressful, but I'm trying to you know keep my mind off applications for now and kind of work on Optimus and you know, spend my high school, last year of high school with friends and family. So it's kind of all out of the way for me now. I'm just waiting to hear back in the spring. All right. Well, I wish you both luck, junior and senior. And hopefully Optimus, you know, grows and becomes something um, even more significant because it's such a kind of powerful tool to help these small businesses, especially while they're struggling. All right. So one question I like to ask everyone on FBW podcast is if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? And I want to hear from both of you. So I'm going to start with Henry. So if I could change one thing in the world, let me think, it would probably be hmm, irresponsible consumer spending. So I would like consumers and everyone in general, given like the opportunity to be educated uh, and companies that sort of 
have a true mission statement in their heart, in their minds. Like I wish I want the world to be a place where people can buy and consume from places that do better for each other and for everyone. I feel like that would just be like sort of an idealistic scenario that I would like to work towards. That's very interesting. And it fits very nicely in a whole package of content that we are creating right now for high school students on the topic of ESG. I don't know if you guys have heard of this before. (laughs) Environmental, social, and governance factors and how companies are trying to do better by consumers, employees, Mm -hmm. investors, and everybody who is a stakeholder. So definitely check up on that on the Wharton Global Youth website. Gabby, how about you? What would you change? Yeah, so actually building on that environmental aspect, um, I am like really big on eco-friendly products. So um, if there's one thing I would change, it's kind of a specific one, but um, a lot of fast food companies and others at large uh, use plastic cutlery. And I have been creating edible cutlery for some time. So it just takes like water, salt, and some flour. And it's really simple. And I've seen it uh, be done somewhere in Asia before. Um, but I think that if there'd be edible cutlery and like less plastic waste just from like fast food places, that would actually have a really big impact on the plastic consumption in the world. Great problem solving. I love that idea. So you guys are both entrepreneurial, it sounds, in, in many, many ways. All right. So let's end with our lightning round. Try to answer these questions as quickly as you can. And since there are two of you, I'll alternate. Gabby, let's start with you. What is your favorite emerging business trend? So social media marketing has been around for quite some time, but I feel that especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, because everything turned and shifted to being online, there's a lot more resources to help people that are wanting to market online. And I think that this like this new like um, trend of having online resources to market yourself is really important. Like we could definitely use that. We're trying to, Optimus is trying to market themselves now online, like on Instagram. So now we know like who to reach out to specifically for advice on how to do that. Henry, a technology you just can't live without. So I don't know if this is too cliche to say, but definitely the internet. I don't know who created the internet or how you can come up with that idea in the first place, but it's involved with every aspect of my life from socializing with my friends to obviously doing my business. And I feel like everyone, like I do not think there really is a community or person that cannot live without the internet nowadays. I think it's absolutely remarkable. Like, I don't know. It's just mind blowing to me. Totally. Not cliche. Makes the world go round. Gabriella, a Fortune 500 company that truly interests you. So I'm a big runner. I run cross country and track and my I always buy my sneakers from Nike. And recently, Nike has come out with these shoes that are 100% plastic recycled. So every single material used is made out of recycled material. And I think that is so cool. And I have no idea how they physically do that, but I'm very fascinated by the concept. Henry, your favorite corporate slogan. I feel like Microsoft's Where Do You Want to Go Today? I feel like that's a really interesting one. It's a like ingenious sort of marketing strategy on the play of technology and the internet because you can really go anywhere on the internet or on technology. So I feel like that was just, that's a really good slogan to me. Gabby, if you could interview any business person, who would you choose and what would be your first question? One of the founders of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, I would ask him, if he ever expected Twitter to become such a politicized environment and it was first this much more relaxed place with just hashtags and everything, but now it's a much more, um, it has lots of heavy topics being discussed on the platform. So I'm just curious to see if he ever expected that to come out from Twitter. Henry, same question. 
I'd probably, I'd really like to sort of sit down with either Reed Hastings or Mark Randolph. They're the founders of Netflix. I just want to like ask about the experience of becoming really the first big player in the uh, streaming sort of platform area. I feel like that's like, it's really interesting to be the first type of person or first major person to provide a service. So I don't know, I kind of try to relate that to Optimus at times. You're like, oh, we're like providing a service and maybe we could sort of blow up someday. But I don't know, I feel like it would really be interesting to talk to them about that experience. Great. Well, I wish you both all the luck with Optimus. It's been great meeting you, Henry and Gabby. And thank you for joining us on Future of the Business World. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.